It's a Wednesday, July the 3rd in the year of our Lord 2019, and you are listening to Bible Study Wednesday. And the text we're going to be looking at is Luke chapter 18. It's called The Parable of the Persistent Widow. That's not really part of the Bible. It's what the editors have above the chapter. And we're going to take a look at it for a number of reasons. I believe it's one of the hardest parables to understand. Now, how did I arrive at that conclusion? I did so on the basis of so many people having the wrong meaning to this parable. So, without further ado, Luke 18, verse 1. Uh, The parable is only eight verses long, so let me read the whole thing, and then we'll go from there. And he, that's Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night, day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So what are we going to do with this parable? Uh, I'll tell you how it's used in many churches and by many Christians. It's dealing with the word persistence. If you are persistent with God, if you keep coming to him in prayer again and again, then it appears that you'll have a better chance of getting your prayers answered. Now, I'm not saying that this is done in all congregations that have a prayer list, but there are some congregations that believe that the more people you have praying for something, the better are the odds that a person will be heard and that prayer will be answered the way we want. There's no evidence of that anywhere in the scripture. In fact, it's just the very opposite. It says, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Notice, it doesn't say the prayer of righteous men and women. No, The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, how do people arrive at this particular interpretation that the more persistent you are, then the better your odds are of getting answered by God? They come about it by how they deal with their parents. You're at a grocery store and you see some ice cream you want. So you ask your mom, who may be doing the shopping, Mom, buy that ice cream. She says, no, we've already got ice cream at home. But you keep on being persistent. And you'll say, Mom, if you buy that ice cream, I'll even do the dishes tonight. I'll take out the garbage. I'll clean my room. 
And the more persistent you become, how many times have you seen that? Where a parent will finally give in to a child in the store just so the child will stop from bothering them. Is that the kind of relationship you want to have with God? That God isn't listening to you, but if you are more persistent, perhaps then he will give an answer to your prayer. Now, the reason it's called a parable is because Jesus uses parables. And there are a number of ways in which a parable can be understood. On the one hand, it could be understood just as an extended metaphor, having nothing to do with religious things. Like you could say, I love my wife as much as I love a certain kind of ice cream. And I can hardly wait to get it. So that has nothing to do with a religious item. It's just using a comparison. A parable can be used in that way. But in this way, a parable usually is talking about the kingdom of God here on earth, which is the Holy Christian Church. And, and therefore, the parts of the parable are really dealing with God and us. Now, sometimes it's pretty obvious. In Luke 15, a parable we've mentioned a multitude of times, Jesus goes out and finds a lost sheep, puts it on his shoulders, carries it home. Well, people don't have a problem recognizing the shepherd is Jesus, the lost sheep is myself, who was lost and condemned. He picks up my sins, carries them to the cross, pays for them, and heaven is my home. Now, that's a pretty simple parable to understand, even though I know of a number of sermons I've heard that give the impression that we are the ones who go out to find people, put them on our shoulders, and carry them home. I've heard this parable used by pastors saying we should be out seeking the lost. No. It's very clear how we bring in the lost. It's found in Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all nations. How? By baptizing and teaching them. Nothing about finding them where they are lost, putting them on their shoulders, paying for their sins on the cross. No, that's the work of Jesus. Our work is to proclaim what Jesus has done, and that's through baptism and teaching. And that's how a person comes to faith, by us, although it is the work of the Holy Spirit that does that. So getting back to this parable, referred to as the parable of the persistent widow, you would say in light of the lost sheep parable, who is this judge? Well, that would be God. But listen what it says. This is a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Then there's a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. So she wants a court hearing. She wants perhaps some remuneration for what happened to her from the adversary. She wants the adversary punished. Well, this 
unjust judge, for a while he refuses. But afterward he says to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. Is that, is that the attitude of God towards you? Because of your multitude of prayers, he's going to finally answer you? Is that the kind of God that you want? What is Jesus saying in this parable? Now, you may not at first understand this, but I really do believe that this judge represents Jesus. How so? Well, it's very difficult to read the English Bible if you have not been educated in the culture's of the day that Jesus was living here on earth. Because in that day, women did not have the right to come before a judge and demand justice against her adversary. In fact, women were rarely allowed to be witnesses even in a trial. So here you got Two really strange things. You have an unjust judge, and you have a widow that should not have the right to come before the judge, but because she keeps bothering him, he decides to give her justice. If you're teaching Sunday school, what point are you going to make to your children? You know how many times you could tell them that you want something from your mom and dad and the way you get it, you keep persisting. And you keep telling them, I need this, I want this, I want this, until finally they give it to you, just to keep you quiet. Is that the kind of God that we have? No, of course not. But then, how does this parable make any sense if the unjust judge is God and the widow is us? Well, let's take a little closer look at it. Uh, again, with verse 2. In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Now, in Jesus' day, who was the person uh, from the Bible who would not fear God nor respect man? Now, I'm not asking this from God's point of view. I'm asking this from the point of view of many of the scribes, Pharisees, and priests. Who did they consider to be a person who neither feared God nor respected man? The answer is Jesus. You see, they were unbelievers, and therefore... They did not consider Jesus as properly fearing God because he kept doing things that they believed were contrary to the will of God. He actually healed people on the Sabbath. And remember the man born blind when he was healed on the Sabbath. That's why the religious leaders were so against Jesus because he had broken the Sabbath laws without realizing that God is in charge of the Sabbath laws, and Jesus is God. And then he had his disciples kind of 
taking crops and eating them on the Sabbath. That was work. I mean, there were a number of times Jesus broke the Sabbath laws, as well as other ceremonial laws, and therefore they came to the conclusion he does not fear God. Now, how about not respecting man? Jesus had a conversation with the religious leaders of the day, and remember what he said, your father is the devil, because he is the father of lies, and so are you. What kind of respect is Jesus giving, therefore, to the religious leaders that did not believe in him, referring to them as having the devil as their father? It is very easy, if you just go through the New Testament, to find the countless places where they do not particularly appreciate Jesus. In fact, the next parable is the Pharisee and the tax collector. And in the parable, the Pharisee, he thanks God that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. And why is he better? Because he's following the ceremonial laws, fasting twice a week, giving all that he, all the tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, he says, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Well, what does Jesus say? In absolute contradiction to Judaism at that time, the tax collector goes to heaven and the Pharisee goes to hell. Because the Pharisee is boasting of his works as a way of getting to heaven. Don't tell me that the Pharisees, many of them, did not think Jesus was really unjust. He neither feared God nor he respected man. So what about the widow? Well, remember, widows had no standing before the judge. Who does that remind you of? That reminds you us of you and me. What standing do we have before God? We all should have the attitude that Isaiah had in uh, chapter 6 of his book, where he sees God, a vision. Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell with a people of unclean lips. He thought he was going to die. In other words, he was someone that did not deserve to be heard by God. Now, in this case, she's heard by the unjust judge because of her persistence. The judge says, well, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. Now, is that the reason that Jesus hears your prayers? Because you keep bothering him. Well, he himself gives the interpretation. It's in verse 6. Hear what the unjust, unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Now, now, so far, 
we have this idea that we're praying to God day and night. Is it because of our continual prayers that God takes so long in answering us? Well, you need to keep reading. Will he delay long over them? Now, here Jesus is therefore comparing how the unrighteous judge, he only did it to keep her from stopping bothering him. But in his case, what does he say? Listen to verse 8. I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. You know, it's kind of like parents get a newborn child. And the child is in their own room in a crib. Everybody's sleeping. All of a sudden, the child starts crying. And the husband looks at the wife in bed and says, let's wait until he learns how to talk so we know why he's crying. (laughs) She doesn't listen to that. She jumps out of bed and goes immediately to the child, speedily. He may have been crying for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, who cares? But speedily, she rushes to his aid. That's how God deals with you. In this parable, Jesus is comparing himself to an unjust judge because his reputation was one who did not fear God, nor did he respect man. And then he compares us to a widow who really doesn't have the right to come for justice. Then he uses the idea that even an unrighteous judge will finally give in to someone who may be persistent. But in contrast to that, God gives what is happening without delay, justice to them speedily. And what was that justice? Well, we got to go back to chapter 1. I'm sorry, verse 1 of chapter 18. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. What does he mean, not lose heart? That we not lose heart because the more we pray, then God will finally answer us? Is that the point of the parable? No, not at all. This parable was said before his crucifixion. And... In the chapter before this chapter in Luke 18, Luke 17, Jesus is talking about the coming of the kingdom of God. The disciples are definitely going to lose heart. They're going to be hiding in the upper room after the night of the crucifixion. Why? Because they cannot understand why Jesus, who they thought was the Messiah, possibly even God. Why did he die? They have no understanding of that. And Jesus is telling them, you ought always to pray and not lose heart. Well, what they finally didn't realize is Jesus had told them many things. He even told them he was going to die, and then three days later he was going to rise from the dead. Well, they seem not to have heard that. Now, this is the gospel according to St. Luke. And I've always said that if you ever want to know uh, particularly 
why Jesus says what he says. Scripture interprets Scripture. So let's go back seven chapters in Luke, same gospel, chapter 11, where Jesus has the Lord's prayer. And then here's what he says in chapter 11, verse 9. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. And then he gives an example. Once more, remember he compared himself to an unjust judge who also gave when needed. He says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Verse 13 of chapter 11. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give and the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And it's very interesting that the Greek for asking, seeking, and knocking is not one that you keep on doing again and again and again and again until you get the attention of God. No, it occurs immediately. Ask, and it's given. Seek, you find. Knock, it is open to you. So while in Luke 11, Jesus compares himself to fathers who do not give improper things to his to their children and even though they are evil they know how to give good gifts to their children so in the parable of the persistent widow in chapter 18 he's using the same kind of reasoning look at here is a judge who's unjust and he finally gives in to the woman even though he is evil because of her persistence. But I tell you, even though people think I am evil, they do not believe that I fear God nor respect man, yet I will not delay long over them, and I will give justice to them speedily. So verse 8 is how God operates in contrast to the unjust judge who appears to be operating because of the persistence of the woman. Don't think that you need to be persistent with God in order for him to finally answer. As soon as you ask, seek or knock, he answers immediately. Now, it may take some time for you to see that answer. And at times, his answer may not be what you have asked for. Like somebody may have been in an accident and you pray that they'll be okay and you get to the hospital and you find out that they have died. Does that mean that God did not answer your prayer? No. He answered your prayer. But he answered it in a way that work work out to your good. That's Romans 8.28. We are not God. We do not think like God. So we are not to lose heart. 
in thinking that God no longer loves us, that he no longer keeps his promises. No, we are persistent in our prayer, but not for the purpose of making sure God will answer it, but because of our faith that whatever we pray for, when we ask, we receive. When we seek, we find. When we knock, it is open to us. So, even though it's called the parable of the persistent widow, it's really a parable about someone who should not have justice before a judge and how even an unjust judge will give her justice. In comparison to Jesus, who was considered to be unjust, and boy, did he give justice to us by going to the cross, dying for our sins, being raised for our justification. And that's why we ought always to pray and not lose heart. Thanks so much for listening to our Bible study Wednesday. Tomorrow is a holiday, July 4th, so we won't be live in the studio. We will be back on Friday for Open Mic Friday. You may have some questions on this parable or whatever else we spoke of, or any other question of a theological nature. Till then, I'm Tom Baker. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.